0: On this podcast, we talk to thought leaders about feminine and masculine energy and how it shows up in our business, our parenting, and especially our relationships. We'll dig deep on any and all topics under the sun. Grab a coffee and buckle up. This is the She's the Owner podcast. Hey everybody, it's Kara with the She's the Owner podcast. And um, it's been a minute since I've had a guest on. I've been that. Uh, doing a couple of solo ones, which is fun, but I also love talking to other people. So um, I kind of, we I met this guy, Paul Cropper, only I think like a week and a half ago, we connected on Facebook and I was looking at his stuff and I was like, this guy definitely needs to come on the show and talk to the gents and the ladies, but in particular, the men who listen to the show. Um, so welcome to the show. I'm so happy that you uh, took action quickly and got on on the podcast. So welcome to the show. Yeah.
1: Thank you very much. I'm happy so to be welcome. here.
0: Um, so I have you, you know, the, the, the business is, I mean, I don't know what the official business is, but from, um, from understanding the masculine heart. And so you probably haven't had a chance to really catch up on any of the episodes. Cause this was pretty quick how this happened, but one of the things or most of what I talk about is the feminine and masculine energy. So tell us a little bit, we'll just kind of be casual. We're having a conversation. I'm not going to fire a million questions at you. I have some that I'd like to ask, but. Tell yeah. us a little bit about how you got to this journey. You have a PhD in chemistry, so I'm super curious to know how sure. you ended up coaching uh, men on their, on their masculine heart. So give okay. it to us.
1: Well, let's see. Um, I would start by, uh, you know, my, how I ended up coaching was um, my own personal journey. Uh, just was pretty typical for men. I shut down my emotion as a boy um, in my effort to be manly, to be (laughs) what I thought I was supposed to be, right? Um, We're not always taught as children to deal with our emotions in a healthy way, Um, unless you have parents that teach you how to, or someone that teaches you how to. um, And even when you do have people that teach you how to, oftentimes we still shut them down. So, So I lived... Uh, you know, I remember actually consciously making that choice as a really young boy to not feel. I was seven years old. I remember consciously the choice, the decision, like, like, I'm not, I, I don't know how to handle this. And like, my emotions are controlling me. And so I chose to shut them down. And then fast forward, you know, to age 26, 20 years later, and then starting to realize that, I didn't actually know what it felt like to feel happy. I didn't really know the feeling. Um, And I was kind, I was good. Like I was raised Christian and really good values and I did all the things. (laughs) I did all the things, (laughs) but it wasn't with intention. Um, It was when I started to get honest with myself that my intention was just to appear to be good other people so that i could convince myself that i was good right and when i got clear on that being my intention that changed everything i was like okay well what is actually like what do i want my intentions to be and then and then i started um you know then i started to really get deep into what's really going on inside of me as far as my phd in chemistry i just i love solving problems and so I was, always in, I was always in chemistry and then got into a PhD program building instruments that measure air pollution in new ways. So it was just like I was solving problems all the time, tinkering things with my hands. I was like a, a plumber, an electrician. I just loved building things. I think I took the mentality of, of just trying to solve problems. And I took that to my own kind of emotional work and internal work. And I was like, okay, how can, I, how can I fix this and figure out what's really going on and work internally in a healthier, better way? Um, and then I, I stepped into a coaching. I, I went to many men's weekends. We have some, like there's these men, male initiation weekends, really, really good things for men to step into because Our culture doesn't have an intentional initiation from men, so we take some of these ideas. A lot of this, these come from like maybe some Native American kind of culture. Uh, there's a really strong connection to the earth, and um, so there's a, a spiritual aspect of it, it's non denominational the ones that I've gone to. But um, you, st- I would go, I started to go to these weekends, I'd facilitate. And, and help men on their journeys. And then I just, I saw more and more of, of how I could help fill in the gaps. And so, um, I mean, I'll say with the masculine heart, it started, there was a lot of this. There's a lot of actually my, my scientific chemistry background that kind of brings and ties all this together, but, but also my spiritual background. When we talk about um, the earth, I remember being on, on these weekends and we had, we would have a trying to have a spiritual kind of relationship with the earth and connect in connection with these. And, you know, we would recognize the sky and we'd say the sky represents the masculine energy. And then we'd recognize the earth and like mother earth recognizes the feminine. And every time we went through that, I was like, that doesn't sit quite right with me. Um, and some of the the like, my favorite people on the earth are some woman who they started to talk a lot about the divine feminine. They'd be like, "I want to you know tap into my divine feminine power," and I was like, "That's beautiful. I love that." And I was like, "Well, like in especially in Judeo-Christian religions, the divine has always been masculine. God is He, mm-hmm. right?" Uh, you have a lot of other religions where it's not. So, okay, so when we have a divine feminine, we the masculine has been divi- divine for a long time. Well, what's the, what's the counter? Well, the counter is we have Mother Earth. Well, then what do we have for the masculine? There's got to be a Father Earth something in our psyche or in our terminology. So I started to be like, okay, and I, I actually studied some, like, ancient Egyptian texts and their ideas of God. And they had very good balance between mother, a mother sky and a father earth and a father sky and a mother earth. And like, so it was really fascinating. And so then there's a scholar all kind of came down and like, we just need to talk about the masculine heart Mm. and researching all of the male initiation have the whole point behind all of the male initiation is taking boys who have disconnected from our hearts because just this has gone for thousands of years. Boys disconnect from their hearts. We just do. And then, you know, we take boys and we go through some journey and experience to get them back into their bodies and back into their heart, which is actually the core of completely authentic masculinity. Mm -hmm. So that's where I, that's like kind of this journey of the masculine heart.
0: That's so. amazing. And what a incredible explanation um, for the guys listening. Cause it's, it is foreign. I would say it's foreign to most men, this concept and the opposite is foreign to most women where yeah. we walk around thinking um, like we have this idea that we have to show up as men. We have to show up in the masculine or we're not being heard or we're not. And a lot of that's true. You know, there's a lot of, of times where I've had to show up in my, you know, alpha masculinity to make yeah. sure something doesn't happen to me physically or whatever. Right. Um, so, I, you know, and I, I usually kind of reserve this to the end, but I sincerely believe that this exact conversation, the, the men and the women really understanding this is how we're going to change the world. Like I really, in my entire being, believe that.
1: I can tell you, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, it is so fundamental so if we go back to reasons why, like, <laughs> throughout history, why is there imbalance? Uh. Because we've been trying to balance each other. Fundamentally, the masculine and the feminine have been trying to balance each other. Women are the heart, the emotion. Men are the, men are the mental and the, the, the power, right? And that balance has worked to get us to where we are. Yep. but if we actually want to have internal balance and have peace as a person, like I have to balance my whole self, and I cannot rely on a woman to balance me. That's it, or someone else holding that that feminine to balance me. My balance has to be between my my mind and my heart.
0: Yeah, so it's not I, you, I, and it's yeah, it's exactly. And I think like that's the the part that you know when I look back at. So I'm 44, so I grew up in the 80s, and I when I look back, it was all, every type of woman was in a power position. She was a total bitch. She treated guys like shit, but that's what we, we were conditioned because for so long the the, the power was with just the guy in work, at home, at church, at school, all of those things. And so women, we really took that and went hog wild. And now the pendulum is so wrapped the wrong way. Uh And I tell women all the time in my coaching practice, like I feel more powerful in my feminine divine than I've ever felt before. Yeah. And I'm just like, just at the beginning. Yeah, exactly. It's, it is fully authentic. So talk a little bit about, you touched on your childhood. So, I mean, I like solving problems. I didn't become a chemist. I became an entrepreneur and a marketer. (laughs) So I love how you're like, well, I like to solve problems. So I got my PhD in chemistry. There's a giant gap there. So, Talk about a little bit about that because my my suspicion or my intuition is that you thought that's what you needed to do. maybe that was the masculine working overdrive but talk talk a little bit about, about more about your childhood and who you modeled yourself after all that type of stuff that you know i mean it's easy to say boys aren't taught, but who's not teaching them and in, in your case who was who was not really bringing this home for you
1: um, yeah, so definitely my PhD in chemistry was partially born out of, this is what I think I should do, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's what most of academia is, is this is, I need to go do this so I can get a good job and yada, yada. yada. Um,
0: It's all up here. It's all in the head.
1: Well, and and that's the thing. When I talk about um, not being taught, I... I read a, I listened to an audiobook of an African man who shared his initiation experience and he was special in that he was actually raised in a, um, like a, a Catholic French um, school until he was 20,
0: wow.
1: from five years old to 20. And then he went back to his village and the village elders were debating whether to give him the initiation or not. If he got the initiation, he was allowed to be part of the village. If they didn't give it to him because they thought he was already set in his ways, then he would have to go find home somewhere else. They decided to give it to him and they were so terrified and so cautious because they realized like their initiation was intense. Like people lose their lives in this initiation. And a lot of them thought you're already so ingrained in this other way of thinking. You can't make it. Um, so it was interesting though, they did not see that he didn't have initiation. They saw that his initiation in his mind was full of all of the academics, all of the things. And they actually had a belief that if he could, if he could forget how to read and write, then he could get in tune with his other sides and then he could be accepted. Hmm. They saw reading and writing as like the thing that kept him back, you know, because his mind was all, all full he did actually go through it. And then like, he came to, to the States to share his experience. He had, he could understand both and bridge the gap, you know? So, see, I think just like my, my initiation into humanity was definitely in, in like Christianity in like, these are the things that a good person does. Um, a good man, a good boy is going to be in touch with his, emotions and things. And I was told all that, but I didn't actually understand what it, what it meant. Right. And I think the difference is, um, men need other men to teach them how to step down into their heart. That's the only way.
0: Women and- too, women too. Now so. a days women too, like that's the crazy part. And I am sorry to interrupt you, but it's, it's right. true. It's like, we have to be uneducated to be reeducated because we were just up there in the head here and that's where we live. So that's fascinating. Okay. So, and I agree. Other men need to teach other men and other women need to teach other women. So, so yes, carry on.
1: Um, let's see. I kind of forgot where I was going with that.
0: Men but, teaching other men, just go there.
1: <laughs> um, okay. So, so here's something that uh, a perspective that I've come across is, When you see a man in his complete, um, just authentic space, like what's more masculine and like the way I see it, what is more masculine than a father who's holding his child? It's tender, it's compassionate, and it's strong, and it's masculine. Mm -hmm. That is not a man getting in touch with his feminine energy. That is like a man being in touch with his full power as a man when you see it, like when they are completely connected to their authentic core, you know? But when a man is displaying a feminine energy is when he's actually trying to copy a woman. When he's like, and it's subconscious, right? So if I grew up as a boy, which I did, I grew up as a boy and I had sisters. Um, I had brothers too, but like I had, I had lots of sisters and I think, I know, I imitated their their emotions. I imitated the way that they connected with the world. Um, And I know that as a boy, I think all boys, like males, do this. Because the first connection we have is with our mother. We learn how to feel through our mother. And so it is part of a boy's journey to kind of take some of this feminine in connect to the world through a feminine perspective. But that's that's the whole like, stepping into like complete manhood is, okay, now I'm gonna learn how to touch my masculine heart, no longer imitate the like my mother, the females in my life and my world, that's gotten me so far. But now I can step into like learning from other men, how do I connect with, with the world authentically, more authentically? And, and I learned that by seeing other men do it. And then that just inspires a deeper connection inside myself. And that's really what it's about.
0: Mm. Yeah. And it's interesting you say that because they're like Tony Robbins. Do, you know, do you know Tony Robbins? Are you into Tony Robbins?
1: Sure, sure. Okay, hey, He has a different take on the masculine and feminine. I wouldn't agree no, with
0: that. No, he doesn't really, actually. It's, it's okay. I just, yeah, no, I'm, I'm deep into that community. And so I'm, I know his content well, and it's very similar, actually. It's not at all. It's a, very much in alignment with what you're saying. Um, at Date With Destiny, he does a, a a whole day on relationships and masculine, feminine energy. And he learned from Alison Armstrong, who wrote The Queen's Code and Kings to the Keys to the Kingdom. And she's okay. been studying you guys for like 30 years. She was, she was on the show and that was like, you know, crazy. Awesome. Um, but it's interesting because we think you guys are hairless women and you think we're, you know, we, we're, we're hairy men. And it's like the opposite. It's, we, we have to stop this idea that you're supposed to be like us and we're supposed to be like you and really honor each other's hearts. Cause if right. a man like, you know, you talk about what's more masculine. Well, I can tell you what isn't. And a man in his feminine, wounded feminine is just like the biggest turnoff to a woman. Like, and he thinks, but I'm being in touch with my feelings. You're trying to be in touch with my feelings, faking your feelings. And that like, and, and a lot of women aren't conscious of it, but we can sniff it out. Like that's when we treat you like shit. That's when we take over. That's how you came to be that way almost doesn't matter anymore. Like you know, Tony talks about the, the way that you put a man in his feminine and it's constantly criticizing him, trying to control him, closing off from him, all those ways. But at the end of the day, trying to emulate us doesn't work, but it's really, you know, I would say it's sort of like some women get pissed off by this because they're in the masculine, but I will say things like we, women need to surrender. Like we're here to receive you, your energy, your body, all of those things. A woman isn't meant to be always hunting. Like in this day and age, we do have to hunt, obviously. That's just part of it. But it's not, um, it's feels so inauthentic when you see a man who's doing exactly what you're describing, which is like, it's like you're acting and we know it. So when did you, I'm curious to know, like when, uh, you know, you said 27 was sort of when you started to like, really dig into this. Was there an event or something that happened for you where you're like, holy shit, I really need to like, because a lot of times guys will come to it when they're, you know, they're having problems in relationships or they're having problems at work. Was there any event that happened? Like, did you just wake up one day and were like, I really need to figure this out. Tell us about that. Um,
1: well, I did wake up one day and that was awesome when I finally woke up, but, um, <laughs> yes. but yeah, so there, was, there was a lot of a dysfunction in my past. And like, I started to kind of wake up to this, I, 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 I found a woman in my life, we got married, and my marriage was, was eye opening. Um, and, and that was a huge part is just wanting to be there for my wife. And, and we're divorced, and i my an ex wife, but like, wanting to be there for her fully as myself. And then I went through a shift where, like, I did wake up, I realized I was so disconnected from who I wanted to be. I woke up and I was like, I want to be a new person, completely different person. And I I literally like, I threw out my wardrobe because this is stuff that like a person that isn't me, this person I wanted to be would not have bought this stuff. The person I wanted to be, I didn't want to care so much about these things. You know, I threw out my wardrobe I changed my name. Like my name was not Paul before I changed my name. I stepped fully into things that like terrified me and excited me so that I could step into just a more authentic life where I could just truly be me. Um, What was
0: your name before? Now I need to know this story (laughs) and why.
1: I actually don't say it because it doesn't need to be my mind or other people's minds. I okay. think for I was very strict about that because it's hard to allow other people to shift into something new. And okay. so I wouldn't ever tell people my past name because, you know, like give me a chance to just be me who I used to be. Doesn't matter. Like this is what's important right now.
0: Mm-hmm. So. so I would, I would challenge that as a coach to another coach because you are who you yeah. are. Your name is irrelevant really. Right. But, and I see that now,
1: but that was kind of a, a you know, it was important to
0: me. then, Yeah. So, so how, how old are you now? That was, you were 27 when that happened. So how yeah, old are you now?
1: I'm 35 now.
0: 35. Okay. So you've had some time in this new authentic self. So talk a little bit about, um, We I talk a lot about with the women in my groups and coaching about relationships. Um, I, you know, it's, it's like a business, right? You're, you're only as good as the, the psychology of the leader is, the, is really where it has to begin. And that's true for business. That's true for relationships, parenting. I'm a mother of four kids, um, four girls, three of them are adults, but talk a bit about like, so the, the unique part is my marriage um, has I, we were married or have been married for almost 20 years. We've separated twice and we're currently on the third iteration of that. We still live together. We still run two companies together, we have our, our kids together and that works for us for now where we just, because we're very much both personal development type of people, we understand as long as it's okay and there's no, you know, too much resistance, we're cool. But how I would show up in a relationship moving forward is way different than I did at the beginning of my journey into this, into this world. So talk a little bit about what kind of husband you were and then, maybe a bit about what type of man you would, you might see yourself being moving into something new, and unless you're in something new and you want to talk about that. But I'm curious to know, cause a lot of people get confused by that. Like, well, if I was like this, I'm I'm just like this. And it's like, no, like I've grown into this different yeah. woman you see now before I was way different. Right. Um, but yeah, talk about that.
1: Yeah. Gladly. Um, in my marriage, we, we rarely fought, you know, it was, I'm a pretty peaceful person anyways, but um, we rarely gotten real arguments. Um, And I, I think also like I would have just, how I would show up now is I would be connected to what's going on and what I think and what I want deeper so not relying on always asking well what do you want to do what do you want to do it needs to be like well i would like this and then and then oh what would you like to do and let's come together and you'll know, make a choice or um i usually was you know i was good at being a yes man you know just mm. yes i'll agree with you and i'd say through my marriage we had a lot of things that they weren't hard disagreements because i would usually say I don't know the complete truth about this, but yeah, I think you're probably right. And I would go with it. So there was a lot of that. Um, if I had had my own opinion strongly, it either would have shaped the marriage in a healthy way or it would have ended it sooner, which either one would have been okay, you know? So it was just like, also not being like, just not being afraid to disagree. Um, I think one of the only times I really got angry at her was like, it was like such a small thing, but it was like the one of the times I remember, maybe she has a different memory, you never know, but it was a couple of days before she left. And, it, and you know she decided she leaves. leave, she wasn't happy. And I like, I'm so grateful she had the courage to make that choice for herself. But it was like, that was one of the only times I really got angry. And, and I think that it's important to come in, show your authentic emotion. If you're going to get angry, it's just like learning how to have an argument in a healthy, constructive way. You know, it's just like, we're not taught how to have constructive arguments or constructive battles. Um, we, we should come in and we're like, knowing like, okay, this is my trauma for my youth. And I'm like, this is my battle ax. You know, I'm going to weld it. So you be ready for this battle ax. You know, this is my, this is my weapon, right? So let's go at it, right? And I know what your weapon is coming in and we're going to understand each other. We're going to use our weapons. And, you know, like, it's not going to cut each other down. It was a sparring match, you know, right. it's like a healthy sparring match where we get out the emotions that we need to when <laughs> we find But the way we learn to fight is, look, I'm going to pull out this dagger that you didn't know existed. Yeah. I've
0: been
1: keeping it for now and that does damage, right? So if we come in knowing like where we're coming from and the kind like being okay with the fact that we're going to be sparring a bit and letting this out, I just think I would show up being okay to argue, being okay to disagree. Um, and, and, you know, it takes a deeper trust, like knowing... We're going to respect each other and come out. Um, I think that was one of the biggest things. We couldn't handle disagreement in our marriage. So uh, I, I kind of did. I became the one who agreed because disagreement was kind of impossible to exist in that space. The person I am, I love being around people who I can sincerely disagree with them, but yeah. still find harmony with them yeah so that's important. that's definitely a different way i would i I do show up now
0: that's amazing yeah it's uh I always say it's interesting because people who know you from your past have this very different idea of who you are and, and that's the same for all of us, especially ones who've gone through you know this type of transformation and um like I say all the time when I'm being coached by anybody, by you if you're coaching me or my best friend or my actual coach or whoever. I feel more loved in those moments than I ever do in any other moment, even by my kids. Because there's a certain, there's an authenticity there, but there's a vulnerability there. And once you recognize that that person is not out to hurt you, but they're out to help you, that's a completely different way to show up. And then it actually doesn't even become an argument because I know there's no charge in what you're saying to me. You're saying it because you feel it. And it may not be something I agree with, but it's never, it doesn't even have to get escalate to the place where it feels argumentative. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, okay. Um, I had a guest on my show, Aggie Lal, and she's an influencer. And she said, whenever she sees something that gives her any type of conflict or any kind of uh, feeling, she just says, oh my God, that's so cute. And it takes the emotional charge out of it, you know, and then it, it forces you to, and she says it for a whole bunch of weird little things you know, somebody cuts you off. Oh, that's so cute. He cut me off. But in a relationship, it can be the same way. Like it can be like, okay, that's cute. He's feeling that way about this. So let's get into it. But um, yeah, I mean, dredging up stuff and I'm guilty of that. I brought every old fight into the new fight and the new fight became the old fight eventually. And I kept bringing that back, but vulnerability I think is the cornerstone of all of this just being okay as a man being vulnerable, being okay, as a woman being vulnerable, but but it's tough when you've not been conditioned that way, right, so. Right. Um,
1: Yeah. Like, when we start to learn how to feel and be vulnerable, that's that's something, it's like, that's what it feels like to feel human. Mm. And when I open up to actually just feeling human, like, it's awesome then I can actually start actually just living life. Right. So when I find something, like, you know, you find an idea that like scares you in like a certain kind of way <laughs> or just makes you feel awkward. And you're like, being, feeling awkward is such an awesome thing. You know, when I, after I was changing everything I did, I went through a cowboy phase and I just wanted to be a effing cowboy. And I did, I went, I, Dolls, I got on horses, and I was like, there was there was like this battle. I'm like, okay, well, this is also something that all the 14-year-old girls are doing. But me as my 26-year-old self, I was like, I don't care. Like, I'm watching John Wayne movies, I just want to be on horses. And I completely stepped into that. And I remember the first time, because I like I said, I got rid of my wardrobe, and that was kind of one of the first iterations of me, like, okay, what am I what just makes me terrified but excited? So like my Wrangler jeans and my awesome cowboy boots. And the first time I stepped into, I was working on my PhD, I stepped into campus, walking down the halls in my cowboy boots, full get up. I felt like, just like amazing, but I was terrified. Yep. I was terrified to show up in that new way. I felt like everyone was watching me and probably they were, they're like, who is like, who is this? <laughs> But then, like I stepped into it, and because I stepped into it, it allowed me to evolve as a human being. Right. You know, step into that awkwardness, into that. I was. I felt so vulnerable stepping into that. You know. I'm like, but I did. You know, have the courage yeah. to take these new ideas and just like just step into it.
0: It's supposed to feel vulnerable, though. Like I think there's such such a myth around. You know, I mean, I do a lot of events, different types, Tony events. There's like, I'm in courses all the time. I'm doing another course right now with this, uh, it's called the hormone reset, but like growth is pain. And And that's the thing I say, growth is pain, but then it's freedom. And people think you can just skip to the freedom part. And I mean, I've walked on fire. I've gone on planes when I was terrified of flying. I travel by myself all the time. Like there's a whole bunch of things that make me feel awkward and uncomfortable um, the, doing zooms for more than two people that makes me to make me super uncomfortable and now I'm okay with it, but it's, there's this myth that it's easy or that it's not meant to be uncomfortable and painful in some way, but it's, that's just not true. Cause it doesn't, it doesn't stick if it's right. not oh like, holy shit, do I really have to do this fucking thing? I don't want to do. Yeah, you have to, because on the other side of that, now, you know, you did the thing you didn't want to do. And there's the beauty right. in that.
1: And yep. and what I always say is, the pain teaches you. If you avoid the pain, you never find healing on the side. It's just like a wound. If I like, if I mess up and get a huge like slash on my arm and I just ignore it, well, it, it's going to get infected. It's not going to heal. There's going to be other right. problems. But if I get it and I clean it out and I let that like it's going to hurt, but I'm going to clean it out. I'm going to dress it, and it's going to heal. And like emotional pain, psychological pain, pain literally in our heart is no different. You actually step into it, and the pain itself teaches you how to heal it.
0: Yeah. It's not
1: it's like that's it's beautiful. Not, it's not that hard, right? But, <laughs> but, it's, it's, hard, but it's, it like, is. Isn't, isn't that complex? Right.
0: Yeah. So if you were to give um, advice to your, let's say, your seven year old self now. Maybe not seven, let's say teenager, like 15 year old self, Mm. about what you know now. And that question's sort of like, you know, everybody asks it, but I'm actually super curious because you've you've you know, you've made this huge transformation. What would you say to that young man who is just on the cusp of really turning into a man before he gets even more conditioning that being vulnerable is nasty, all that stuff? What would you say to him?
1: You know, I've thought about like my seven year old self before, before I was so entrenched, right? <laughs> I think like 15, 16. I was so I was so numb. Mm. I was so absent. So I started to think, what could I say to that person? They would actually hear. And I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I know it would be an expression of just complete acceptance. Like I accept you completely for who you are and you're safe um, yeah. for sure. But then what else could actually penetrate that really, really numb heart? Like that's difficult. Yeah. And you know, there's a timing to this in our lives. We're not ready to wake up until we're ready. Yep. Yeah. So sometimes it's just like hold in there things get better you like you won't understand anything I'm telling you if I tell you what's going on with you but things get better and you know and at the end of the day just like try to try to have fun (laughs) you know yeah because if I can loosen up my body you know I can loosen up my heart a little bit but actually you know what I I would I would have said like because I was trying to do the right things, right? So I tested out of gym, so I didn't have to gym, take my gym classes so I could take two, uh, two classes of band because I was a band nerd like in middle school. And I would say, hell no, you're not testing out of gym. You need to move your body. You're not right. gonna do that, you know? And then I would say when I like, cause I, try, I was in track and I started to have knee problems. And after two weeks, I couldn't even walk upstairs because like it hurt so bad. So I gave up on track. So what would I tell him? I'd say, hell no. We're gonna figure out your knee problems. You're not gonna jump out of this. Like you're gonna stick with it. So it was interesting to me, like as far as physical activity, like I was, I was like healthy, but I, I always found a way out, right? Up mm. to someone, having someone to say, no, we're gonna stick through this. We'll find a solution. Let's work through it, find a solution, and um, I think that that's transformational to have those influences in our lives for sure. Yeah,
0: it's easy to punk out, you know. I mean, we we give ourselves an out forever. There's, I almost did it today. Like I, I, had an emergency call with my coach about something, and I, I almost punked out of something today. And I'm so it's always it's always in motion. There's never an end date to all of this, but I think, you know, I I, I've done some inner child healing recently with um, one of my past guests on the show, Christina, and it was the safety thing. And that's what I went back and said to my 10 year old self that um, that I'm safe. And I think so many of our choices when we get it for women in particular, I mean, at 10 years old, that's when I really went into my masculine hunter mode and I hadn't come out until 44 and it was apparent everywhere in my life. Could I start a business? Fuck yeah. Could I get it to six figures? Absolutely. Could I do it, get it, you know, blah, blah, blah. I could do all the things, but I was not happy because I wasn't living inside of my core. And, um, but it's easy to punk out of that. Well, I have to do this because I have to get this done. You know, women for sure were like that. So do you ever, so it, it, it says that you do work with some women. Do you work with predominantly guys? I'm assuming, but do you have any women where you're like, Whoa, this, this lady's like, you got to get a chisel to get in that heart. Do you ever have that experience?
1: Um, so I, uh, I see that too in that, uh, and yes, predominantly men. Um, I see that in some women, and sometimes we're so stuck in our heads that it's really, really difficult to persuade someone so they're yeah. not actually in their body and their heart. it takes time it takes reminding them and then even like really the process I believe is very similar for men and for women um, but it takes having someone that you can th- that you can understand and we all understand different people at different levels. So I think for women too I see I see more men stuck in their heads, but definitely Women get stuck in their heads, and, um, and we think we're in our bodies and in our hearts, but we're not. You know? I just had a buddy just last night. He comes in to me, and he's like, I just, I just realized that I had this huge blockage that I had no idea even existed. Wow. You know? He's been my friend for years, and I'm just like, you're starting to get
0: it. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. Isn't you know? that the best it's the best, but it takes time, yeah. you know? It t- how do you see a problem that you don't know exists? And someone can keep on telling you and keep on telling you. And eventually something shifts and yep. you're like, oh, there's a whole world that I haven't been allowing. Yep. Um, but it happens and if you set the intention to have that. If you even just like start to look down at your heart, just that action. Okay, I have the intention to start to look at my heart eventually it'll start to come up. And you know, my, the key that I share with people is the heart is real. You literally have sensory neurites in your heart that hold memory, that have thoughts, that have functions to process information in your physical heart. Like it's real. And the subconscious mind is centered in your heart and in your body. Like you have literal neurons that are processing information. So it's it's realizing it's real. It, and so that information that comes up is actually real information. And it's not just metaphorical. You know, right. it's, not, it's not just this, you know, thing. Woo-woo,
0: that, yeah. It's real. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, I, I talk to women who often, you know, I'll do a presentation or something, and then half them will be like, legit, they'll be like, holy shit. I had no idea that I was in my masculine. Oh, my God. And I, and I always say masculine is in your head. Feminine is in your, is in your heart. And you, you obviously have, we have different kind of descriptions of it, but essentially it's being up here or being in here. And some women, women, I find once you show them that that's where they're at, they, they will soften pretty quick because then they start to see that there's, if you're in your, you're never in your heart, you're always resisting everything and it's always a push. And I talk about the how the river flows, right? Like, in your flow, in your heart, you're going along with the river. But as soon as you stand up and face the wrong way as a woman, we're fighting the current and it does not feel good. I mean, for men, obviously it's different, but for women, it's like we're pushing against something that we naturally want to go with and it's miserable. It's, it's really, really uncomfortable. You parent differently, you're a different type of wife, you're a different type of friend. And it's not until we really sink into the heart that we understand any of these concepts. Um, but it's beautiful when you see, it. I mean, when I see my friends or, or clients, when they're like, Oh, I get it. I'm just like, my heart explodes. I'm crying. I cry every day. I cry all the time. <laughs> like, cause I'm feeling it. I'm not processing it. I'm feeling it. And it's so different, but I love the work that you're doing because if you guys aren't doing the stuff on your side and we're just doing the stuff on our side, we're still going to miss we all have to do this work together. Right. You know, Absolutely. yeah. Uh, so what's next for you? What's, what's coming up in your world? What you have some new courses or anything that you want to chat about?
1: Um, so I, I am in the process of developing just more, more course. I just have one course and it really helps people step into what am I, what am I avoiding? Mm. It's, like And I made it cut it down so simple so could, people could start to look down at the heart and start to ask the questions and taking a lot of these things from male initiation practices, which is helping a man get down into his authentic heart.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so the next thing I the next um, course that I'm that I'm developing is is also more heart based. Because you can only trust your heart in as much as it's healthy and that's what I'm trying to tell people it's like, yeah, people trust your heart trust your heart I'm like like no like your heart can give you bad information but you need to you like sometimes the brain teaches the heart sometimes the heart teaches the brain it goes it's a two-way street um, which by the way, the traffic goes more up than down like yeah. literally your heart controls more of your brain than your brain your heart, which is something the most like that's like the most recent science. You know, um, there's more traffic going up just like as far as even the, the chemistry. But um, but then, you know, reprogramming the beliefs. What am I actually believing? Right. And people say, okay, yeah, my heart is my emotional center. And it's like, it's more than that. It's your heart is where you feel purpose. I don't feel purpose in my brain, right? Like, and that's where I'm like, that's where i kind of like okay let's stop calling the masculine the brain because if you want to have men who are actually connected to their purpose you need men who are in their masculine heart okay (laughs) like the like you don't feel purpose in your brain you feel it with your heart you know right um and it's the intentional core right and i believe because the heart it connects with everything in the body it's actually closer to the core of who i am right I want to be closer to core of who I am. I have to know what beliefs are in my heart. And if I don't know what beliefs are in my heart, I don't know what's driving my life. And so, um, so this is a continued process. And we're like, you know, it's sad. Like all these men's weekends, all canceled, you know, because everything's online. So it's just like, okay, we need more tools. We need this real stuff to people. Like there's nothing like doing things in person with other people. Yeah. But That's when true. you, we need to be doing the work at home with the people close to us um, to really be accessing this and I would say when I started doing the men's weekends I had done so much of my work so it was actually just it was like the topping to the cake it was like I was ready to completely step into this this environment with these men to just help me on the rest of my way you know so there's so Mm. much work we need to do ourselves um and then it's facilitated when we go in these group settings or with people in person.
0: And I and I mean in relation to to women, like so when, when I and I want to touch on the not calling it masculine. I mean it is still the masculine energy to be the hunter, but your heart you could call it the feminine heart as well if you wanted. But calling it the masculine heart works too. But it still is up in our brains we're processing we're doing we're getting shit done and so when anyone's up there they're not their purpose is not living in up here it just isn't because it doesn't feel you feel the purpose inside the heart and then you execute from the masculine from the brain from the pragmatic side of your of yourself um but it's i mean the the events space is radically changed right now and 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 it is a challenge but and i think there's like some beauty in that tactile between you know being together having that group setting. And so it'll be nice once, you know, I have faith that things are going to shift back to normal. I'm in Canada and we're getting more strict again in the U S it's less strict, but here all of a sudden they're kind of going wacky again. Um, But it's, you know, like I've said, I've said a bunch of times, this work has to be done together because women, when a man is in his mature masculine, let's call it, I use that term quite a bit. And that's connected to his heart, understands his brain, all of the things he's, you would, I would call you a mature masculine. We are at, we are able to rest as a woman. We are able to exhale as a woman. Doesn't mean I can't start companies. Doesn't mean any of those things. It just means in the presence of a mature masculine man, I'm able to go. And for a woman, that is everything.
1: Yeah. So men
0: don't get that. But yeah. yeah.
1: I would suggest that part of that feeling of like, okay, I can breathe, is because you're sensing someone else in their authentic space. Mm-hmm. So, like yeah. as a woman, you talked about I'm in my masculine, I'm going against the stream. I would say that's uncomfortable because you're not just you're not in your authentic space. That's it. And I would say that the the huntress. I think there can be a completely feminine, authentic way to be a huntress, right? Yeah,
0: you're looking at it.
1: (laughs) That's when it's not authentic. That's right. You need to be badass. And even in your brain about something, find a way to do it authentically. And you'll be completely like, you'll be in your authenticity. Yeah,
0: you're balanced.
1: I I don't, as far as a certain behavior, being in your head or being your heart, I would prefer not to call one of these masculine or feminine. I would say if a man is authentically in his heart and authentically in his mind, he is in his masculine Mm -hmm. by definition, male, masculine.
0: Well, and I will say that you're far ahead. And so you and I can say that and guys will go and women will go, what, what does he, what does he mean? Authentic. So that, I mean, for all, for, for the, People who aren't at the stage that we're at, because at the beginning, I would have not understood what you meant. I would have been like, what the hell is he saying? Authentic self. Yeah. But now, you know, we break it down for them. So they, because a woman, you could say that till you're blue in the face and they're like, well, I am authentic. What do you mean? Right? <laughs> they get all sassy and you're like, you're actually not. Because in your authentic self, you wouldn't, your ego wouldn't respond in that way. Yeah. Your ego would understand it, so I think it's you know it's. I love that you you're like no no this is how we're going to coin this, and it's I get well, it, and, and, but you're way I, ahead of the I, curve.
1: I I emphasize that because if we want to advance as a society, the way we talk about these things is important. For sure. And when and when you tell me like I need like when someone tells me as a boy I got to get in touch with my feminine side, I'm yeah. like no like. <laughs> So, I'm just like, I'm over and over again, please like, don't call the heart the feminine principle. Right. That is imaging men, you know, that, like, that gets in our brain. And the way we call things is actually important. And yeah. when we do that, when we have the masculine feminine dichotomy like that, like we're actually incorporating a 2,000 year old Chinese principle, but in the wrong way. We're saying right. yin yang, and we're saying yin equals feminine. Yang equals
0: masculine,
1: That's right? It's not. It's not meant to be like that. Yin Yang just means opposites exist. Feminine right. exists, therefore masculine exists. But if I say, like, I say, um, like, an elephant is 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 yang, and yang is the sun. Does it mean an elephant equals the sun? Right. Right. And that's what we're doing. I know that's like, sorry, I'm just like, it's <laughs> a little bit out there, but that's,
0: that's yeah, that was stretching, but yes, I, I get your point uh, for sure.
1: Sorry about that. Uh, I'll work on that. But,
0: <laughs> no, I so. love it. It's awesome. No, it's all good. Um, okay. So where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you?
1: Um, yeah. Facebook, Paul, Michael Cropper, um, Instagram, my Instagram is earth Paul. So love that. Yeah.
0: And what about your website? Do you have a website? Because I, I, I was on it, but it looked more landing page ish. But is there a, a website?
1: Yeah, it mean, I was, uh, was just paulcropper.com.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you, sir. This was a delight to have you on and uh, hear your perspective. And it isn't, I know in the beginning you're like, I have a unique way, but not in our circle. In our circle, this is exactly where, yeah. uh, where people are at now. They're waking up, they have to. We all do. We yeah. do have.
1: And it's about like, I mean, life gets good when we get past our pain and then we can enjoy.
0: Yep. Past all the stories. So thank you so much for coming on and uh, we'll talk soon.
1: Okay. Awesome. All right.
0: Peace.